Hello, friends. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hello, listeners. Hello, people who are smart with computers and know how to download things. You've downloaded yet another thing. The thing that you've downloaded today, yes, it is the Space Boat One podcast with your illustrious host, me, Josh Jelevin. Uh Thanks for downloading once again. This week, I have a special treat for you. A uh, special treat. You see, I've had some guests. I, well... I was a guest in their home, actually, but I brought my podcasting recording equipment with me, and I got a fantastic, funny, uh, informative, and just a little bit weird interview with uh, two very special uh, improvisers and comedians. They're the, the, it's Daniel Belkin and uh, Michael Mendolny. And these guys, well, let, let's start with uh, Daniel Belkin, is a, both an improviser and a stand-up comedian of... Uh, some, you know, he's he's getting his name around town, around Victoria. He's been on different shows and stuff, so you'll see him at different shows. We're going to talk about which ones later on, but you, of course you'll see him at Ratfish on Monday nights when it's an open mic, and also he gets out on uh, the Select Show too. Like, I, I guess you guys have missed it on this past Thursday, because uh, this is going up a bit later than it would, but um, hey... Uh, you can check him out at Ratfish, and we'll mention the other shows, but also, on the show, coming up in a few minutes, as soon as I finish this long, rambly introduction, we also have Michael Nadolny was also there. Those The two of those guys, they're roommates. They have a third roommate who wasn't at home at the moment, but just letting you know that they, that's how I got, that's how I scored that interview with two uh, really funny, fantastic guys at one time, it's because they live together, but... The point is, Michael Donoli, Michael Nadoni, if I get his name right, um, is also an uh, an improviser. He's a member of the um, uh, Vikes Improv, my Vikes Improv, and he also does stand up comedy, also at Ratfish. Um, but also, we'll just learn what these two are all about. In addition to that, because I'm going to talk to them, or I did talk to them, but you're about to hear what I talked to them about. Oh, and at the end of the show, the reason this one goes a little bit longer, um, we're going to have a special treat. Like, w- we didn't plan for this, but it happened, so I'm telling you now. We, um, I got, uh, I convinced Daniel and Michael, it wasn't hard to convince them. It wasn't that hard to convince them to do a little uh, improvised short play, like very short, but uh, it's. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think you're going to enjoy it. So that's at the end of the podcast. So without any further... <laughs> wasted time introducing these two. I'll turn it over to myself in the in the past, and you'll hear our the conversation that we had. It was a really good one, by the way. You're gonna, I think you're gonna enjoy this. Uh, so just sit back, relax, and uh, and listen to um, listen to us shoot the shit together. Theme song. Everybody, welcome back to the Spaceboat One. That's the name of the podcast, the Spaceboat One podcast. I am Josh Trelevin, and joining me this week, I have. I have a couple of guests. Yeah. But only, well, I guess I'm their guest because I'm in their house. <laughs> so I have on the podcast, I have Daniel Belkin. Hello. Hi. Hello, Daniel. And I also have uh, Michael Nadolny. Salutations. No, did I say that right, Michael yeah. Nadolny? Oh my gosh, you did. Okay, Very perfect. few people do. <laughs> Some of my best friends. 
Don't say my name correctly. I, <laughs> tell them the story about the girl. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> my, one of my friends, Dylan, always says my name, Michael Nadaloni. <laughs> I correct him every single time, but he never says it right. And he's always calling me Michael Nadaloni, Michael Nadaloni. And then uh, I was uh, having sex with this girl, and then she was like, she whispered into my ear, Oh, Michael Nadaloni. <laughs> I was like, No! <laughs> I'm fucking Dylan right now! <laughs> Pushed me off my rhythm. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, I wanted to ask you. It, uh, I've been calling you Daniel. Is yeah. that what you like? like yeah. You like the, the, the longer version? Nobody calls you Dan? It doesn't matter to me. I, okay. You know, a lot of people just call me by my last name. Is that, do people call you Trelevin? Not, no, not mm-hmm. usually. Like, it, I, when I was in high school and, like, sports and stuff, sometimes they would, but I think that's a sports thing. Mm. I don't know. I played on the basketball team. Well, I didn't play. I you played on, on the basketball I team? I sat on the bench in the basketball team in grade 8. <laughs> I, I'm trying to imagine you like, having handles, <laughs> crossing I, people over. I don't know how I was even, like, I guess because it was a small school. They didn't have play. enough players. <laughs> but they needed someone to keep the bench warm, so. Right. Do, do you play any sports? Not anymore, no. Mm. I played Little League Baseball, which I was slightly better at, but even younger, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've done curling, but that's about all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, uh, and Michael, is you like people call you Michael? Uh, call yeah. You? Well, people, everyone always says, "Oh, do you like Michael or Mike?" Like every time, but uh, doesn't matter to me. Okay, doesn't matter. Very most interesting thing I've said. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, now just I wanted to establish so like talking to. People and yes. now I have your names straight. Yeah. Um, and you podcast guys starts with like twenty minutes of getting everybody's <laughs> names. Yeah, yeah. So and the listeners, so they know whose voice is is listening. Mm, yes, um, whose voice is speaking? I should say because I like to speak properly. Um, and you guys live here in a, in a house together, There's but you're not like lovers. Some well, officially. <laughs> um, but I say his name right in bed. You know, I'm not like that girl. Um, there's three of us living and, here, actually. And, so yeah, Shaheen also lives here. Yeah, so it's uh, me, Michael Nadaloni, and Shaheen Sanjari. Uh, it's like the comedy house, then. Like It must yeah. be hilarious all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's more depressing than hilarious, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so depressing? I'm, I'm just joking. Okay. Um, but um, so you're improvisers, like all three of you. Are yes, three yes. improvisers, yes. and you all like improvise together. Yeah, we try. <laughs> yeah, uh, all of us kind of have separate things going on, and then once in a while we'll also get together and do it uh, and improvise together. Shaheen is actually a member of Paper Street Theater. You interviewed right. Dave, yeah, I, I had yeah, Dave, Dave on yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So Shaheen plays with that company. Uh, and Mike okay. and I play with Vikes Improv up at UVic. And then Shaheen used to play with Vikes Improv back when he was in school as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But one, but Michael does a show called Salsa's Comedy where we will come together and we'll play together. It's the nexus of Victoria <laughs> improvisers. <laughs> that was the one I watched the other night, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Did it blow your dick off? I, I liked it. Yay. I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you were, like, interview. no, who was being... Kevin Cox was interviewing people. Kevin was, and you were the, the evil doctor? Evil dentist, yes. Victor Von Go Fuck Yourself. Yes. <laughs> Do his voice again. Uh, Victor Von Go Fuck Yourself, <laughs> evil dentist. Is that the first time you've done that character? Like, uh, the yes. other night? Yeah, yes. Because yeah. that's what improv, you, you're always 
a different character. You, well, I should ask you guys, um, in improv, do you ever go back to characters? Well, that's what we were trying to do for the Solstice show, because we did it a couple times, and we just came up with characters like on the spot, but it was uh, sort of shitty, because uh, like when you're doing an improvised like interview thing, you don't have as many resources as when you're just doing like a, a regular scene, where you can like walk around and use your actions and stuff, so you're sort of handicapped in that way if you're uh, being interviewed, so... For this one, a couple of us came up with characters beforehand, um, okay. and then just had a, a, like a modifier from the audience. So for my character, I, I came up with the evil guy, but then the modifier was what's his job. And so, like I practiced right. sort of his mannerisms and his voice. But other so, than that, so the name Victor Von Go Fuck Yourself was not a on the spot. <laughs> like no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you came up with it. You wrote that beforehand. You wrote, or you well, thought of that before. Wrote in a very loose sense. <laughs> On the the tablet in your brain or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you guys been let like we'll do one at a time? How long have you been doing improv? Uh, I think it's my fifth year. Okay, yeah. five years for Daniel yeah. and um, Michael. Like inconsistently, probably like eight or nine years. Okay, and then consistently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that figure would be. Well, did you just start again then? Well, like in high school, I did it uh, like uh, sporadically uh-huh. for like most of high school, and then and then I skipped a year probably in university, and then and then joined uh, Vikes Improv like a year in, and then that's probably three or four years up to this point. Okay, so it's been more consistent for three or four years. Yeah, Michael and I have been playing together for three years. All right. Yeah. Uh, how did Vikes Improv start? Did you start it, Daniel? Or yeah, I did. Uh, it started as a in when I was in my second year of university. It started as a residence group. So it was just, it wasn't Vikes Improv. It was just like a group that lived in residence that would entertain people who lived in residence. Okay. Uh, and it was uh, it was shitty. Yeah. <laughs> we we would uh, <laughs> meet up in this basement and like half practice some games and forums and half just like sit around. Um, and eventually, I think a year after that, we decided, okay, let's let's actually form a university group, and so we created Vikes Improv. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was about two years ago we created an actual group, and we had scheduled practices where we would actually practice and and uh, tr- try and workshop improv, and actually put on shows for the university community. Yeah, nice. Um, so is it like a, an official club and all yes. that? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. through the student society and all that? Yes. So okay. after like a year of fucking around, we actually formed a r- real thing. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, real is uh, as far as that goes. Uh, is it going to always stay a university club or is it going to turn into... Some, I guess you wouldn't know, but... As far as Vikes Improv goes, yes, Vikes will always be a university club. Like, uh-huh. I, I don't uh, lead it anymore either. Like, uh, I'm just playing now. Okay. So like, yeah. I've already... There's already people who are younger than me that are leading it, and I'm graduating this year, and Michael's soon to be gone, too. So it's always going to stay a university thing. We're going to stop being affiliated one day. Shaheen, like, he's, he graduated, right, so he's not affiliated with Vikes anymore. Right, um, right. Yeah, but we definitely, out of that, came out with friendships and connections where we can create improv and shows that are not university-affiliated, such as what Michael does with uh, Comedy at Solstice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I should. I wanted to ask about stand up too. You, bo- the two of you, both do stand up also. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of. Sort of yeah. uh, some of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or 
what are you? Actually, I wanted to ask, what's better? What do you like better? Mm. The improv is definitely way more fun to me. Okay, it's just like, like every time I do stand up, like after, I just get so bored after like doing the same jokes over and over. Ah, like yeah. I, I always. Like after I like I always quit for a few months and then come back to it because I'm just so I can have like a steady thing to do yep. comedy at because there's like more more stand up open mics than there are improv shows but then I always like the same thing every time I'm like doing the same jokes just makes me so bored and then and then doing improv is like you're you're coming up with jokes on the spot so it's like you're enjoying it as much as the audience is almost so it's like yeah crazy fun so much fun <laughs> <laughs> for me uh, it's the two both give me a lot of fun. I enjoy both of them. With improv, I have to agree that every time it's completely fresh. With stand-up, yeah, every show is a little different, but you kind of have an idea of what it's going to look like. You kind of have an idea of where the response is going to be, uh, you know, what kind of response you're going to get from each line that you're saying. Uh, and with improv, that you can't predict that. Um, so that's the difference, yeah, it's, Every single time it's fresh with improv. Yeah, I, I think I feel the kind of the same way. I really enjoy improv a lot. Um, I just the fact I have stand up is something I can do every week. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. do that um, just because the way schedules are and stuff mm-hmm. like that. More opportunities. Yeah, but stand up the the crowd, the audience, uh, it's not as forgiving as as an improv, which I like better. Because mm-hmm. in improv, like a lot of times, you'd be doing a show and, and the audience is just because you sort of train them to be to accept failure and oh we're making this up so it might we might fail and that's part of it uh so the audience will jump on board and they will support you and they will laugh along even when it's not the best uh but with stand up the the crowd won't do that um because they want you to be really funny uh all the time you know um yeah and I like that. It's very, it's much more challenging in that aspect of it. Like, with improv, I don't think there's much of a pressure to be as funny. Yeah, there's not really that much fear of bombing. Yeah. Because, like, there's no <laughs> awkward silences because yeah. if it's silent, you can just be like, oh, we're building to something. Yeah, it's exactly. coming up. And with improv, like, if Michael and I are playing and Michael is killing it, I can, I, then I just can worry about setting him up and setting up the story, and he'll just knock it out of the park every single time. And yeah. if I'm killing it, Michael can can set me up sort of thing there isn't as much pressure to always be funny yeah yeah that's cool uh, so yeah I was saying to Dave like I thought that a stand up might be a little more direct path to um, well fame or you know because stand up like stand up guys are famous for being stand up comedians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and improvisers um, usually are famous for being on TV or yeah. other things like that. Yeah, like doing acting and stuff. So it might not be the same direct path, but um, Dave was making a good case for it, saying that improv is something you should probably do just for yeah. development. And exactly. Well, yeah. I think, yeah, Im- improv makes you better at other forms of comedy mm-hmm. or a- any forms yeah. of performance, really, uh, because it's so applicable to anything. You know, it's just a form of creating, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's a form of making content. Yeah, and, and he does like festivals, and I, I don't know. Have you guys done festivals or any yeah. Yeah. improv festivals? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can make a bit of money, and you can like, can you have a career as an improviser? 
uh, if you teach people, <laughs> yeah. teaching is extremely hard yeah, to fest- be a festivals. There's like different levels of festivals. So the festivals we went to didn't pay us, right? They're just okay. like amateur festivals. Yeah. Um, but there are festivals that would pay you if you're if, if you're a certain level of performer. Like if you're like Dave, you'd probably get paid. But I don't know if you just get paid just for performing. I think when you go to those festivals, you also teach workshops too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you teach, like Michael said, you could make money in improv. Show. Okay, cool. Yeah. So when did when did you get into? Uh, I'll ask both of you. When did you decide to try stand up? Also, like, how did that come to you as an idea of something to try? Um, Either one. Yeah. So I I kind of tried it a little bit in my first year when I was eighteen, uh, and I did like a, like an open mic on campus. A little bit here, a little bit there. Maybe a total of, like, five times, you know. And I, I never really, like, found any success or anything. Never really gave it a serious shot. Um, and then when I met Michael, he was he was really about trying to do stand-up. And we were doing mm-hmm. improv together. And he's like, yeah, you should come to Ratfish. You should come to Ratfish. And then I did. And then I didn't stop going. Well, how long ago was this? Two, almost two years ago. Okay. Yeah, a year and a half, a year and nine months, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Michael? Yeah, uh, I just uh, I always wanted to try stand up, like in high school and stuff, but uh, it was hard. I didn't know where to find uh, places to go because uh, I guess I didn't know like what <laughs> internet communities to search. Like now that you've got mm. like like now you can just go on Facebook and be like find any open mics you want to find. But like uh, in high school, I thought you had to be like. 19 plus or something because I figured like all open mics happen in bars or something but anyways I always wanted to try it and then uh, uh, I started going to open mics when I came to Victoria and then uh, the cycle of doing stand up and then not doing stand up for months at a time <laughs> do you like feel a, guilty about that or yeah, what not really like who am I <laughs> I don't have any fans to disappoint <laughs> no but like just I don't know personal development or yeah I guess um, you sound like a little bit regretful but I don't know is that well uh, I don't know if it's uh, if I don't really feel like stand up is like a a path I'm going to like pursue permanently in my future. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Every time I every time I do it, I just like I I just want to do like character stuff. <laughs> like I I don't like I don't like mm-hmm. I don't have any like opinions to tell people is <laughs> the problem. Like. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that could be a hard thing to to come up with. I guess it takes time. Yeah. To, to, I guess you need. I don't know. People talk about a persona. Yeah. Uh, and having a voice and stuff. Um, when when I hear you perform, I I hear you like I hear Michael uh, doing you know whatever character you happen to be doing. Um, it yeah, it sounds it sounds like you like you sound I don't know unique I guess mm-hmm. uh, like different than other people I hear. Uh, I don't know, but um, it's something that you could probably yeah you could develop or, and and that's what like. Uh, I'm trying to do is I'm trying to become better. At, I don't think I'm that good yet. So I'm still working on it. And I yeah. What, what sort of have you learned about you talking a little bit about persona and voice? You've been doing it for like close to a year now, right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, since April. Yeah, I think I started in April. So no. And, and what have you sort of learned about your own persona, your own voice? 
I mean, it's not a lot of time, obviously. Uh, so you still you're still finding it. Everyone's still finding it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, I I mean, I think I think uh, well, I've always thought I was a bit nerdy as far as like. Um, I thought I would be doing more video game jokes and more jokes about like playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff, mm-hmm. but I actually haven't been doing yeah. that. So, which is strange. Um, I think, like any comic, I like to dive into a thing and really like analyze it to death. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of comedians do that. Like, um, what's a good example? Like, I can't think of an example. A, a thing that you would like look at very carefully and look at all angles of it. So, I don't so know. like a comedy bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a bit. Like I do bits. That's my thing. <laughs> so, so you do stand up? Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, it, it's okay. Well, what about what about I guess improv then? You've been doing improv for a little longer. Um, yeah, at least like I've been taking classes for probably well off and on. I think my first class was in like 2013. Cool, cool. And yeah. what what have you sort of learned from that? Uh, what did I learn from improv? I learned about uh, saying yes. Uh, that's yeah. the first rule of improv. Is it first rule or yeah, probably <laughs> yes and uh, and yeah. So accepting offers, uh, giving offers, um, realize yeah about listening to other mm-hmm. people. I mean, does it translate to like stand up for you? Hmm. I think so. Actually, what I learned from Dave, and I think this is improv, but it might be specifically to him, was more about telling a story on stage and, mm-hmm. and being, like, uh, going somewhere with, with a bit of a an arc. Like, even in a in a bit, it's like, go from this place to this place. Like, mm-hmm. become, like, you start in a place about an opinion, and then you end up somewhere else, or somewhere similar, and you bring the audience along for the ride. Um I, maybe that's a bit abstract, I don't know, but I think that's kind of what I try and do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought I could do stand-up, because it wasn't like... Um, I didn't feel like I could say just funny things, just, oh, here's a funny thing. And I just, But improv was like, no, it's like it, there's there's an arc to it. There's, it goes from A to B and yeah. gets you places. So I think I learned that. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. I guess there's in improv there's an idea of uh, expansion. So... With with stories, you try to advance stories, right? But with ex- with expanding, yeah. you're just trying to like riff on an idea or a concept. And so, in in improv, when you're expanding, you're not trying to like advance the story. Yeah, uh, you're just trying to find out more information about your character or an idea that your character is thinking about or the concept of the story that you're telling. And so, the idea of expansion and expanding, I found yeah. that can be translated into stand up. Yeah, I actually found like. Uh, when I first started doing stand-up, I was actually surprised with how few things from improv, like, transferred over to stand-up. Like, I didn't feel like mm. any of my improv training, like, put me ahead. Well, like, maybe in a sense of just... Uh, comfort. Co- yeah, comfort with being on stage, but just, like, like the skills don't seem to like, translate at all to doing, uh, doing a stand-up set. Um, like, I tried, like, the first few times I tried... Uh, like uh, riffing for like thirty seconds or something, and it just uh-huh. <laughs> failed so hard. <laughs> it just didn't work. There yeah. used to be a set list show in Victoria, the Cenote. Yeah, bar. yeah, that's what made me think about that because <laughs> we tried improvised stand up, and I was like, we bombed so <laughs> yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah. I, I remember I went up and my so you have a TV and the TV flashes a phrase, a word, a sentence, and you just riff. 
you've seen Setless, right? Um, yeah. Yes. So I remember I got the phrase "fat gymnast," and I remember I just stood there and I couldn't think of anything. And I I, I remember just saying, I, "I'm a fat gymnast." Woo! <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's all I could come up with, you know. Uh, yeah, and I was I was almost. Uh, I, I don't know, I was almost depressed that, like, I've been doing improv for a few years and I suck so much more than everyone else at this thing that seems so improvisational. Yeah. But it's different because you're not necessarily telling a story. You're not advancing a story. You're trying to, like, expand on a concept or an idea. Uh, so once I started thinking of it like that, like, trying to take an idea and just expand it out instead of trying to, like, always every single time tell a story mm. I found that improv started helping me with my stand-up yeah. okay now improv like I, I wonder if one of the reasons why improv blocks stand-up a little improv you become someone else yeah. right whereas stand-up you're kind of yourself you, you're, you're a character but that character is based on you yeah. or most people anyways mm-hmm. so I imagine the skills that you sort of try and develop for improv is like voices and, and being yeah putting yourself in a different body yeah, uh, which would not help with stand up is now you're supposed to be yourself. Yeah, um. I ran into this problem like I was writing jokes and then I had like maybe 15 minutes of jokes after a while and then like but every time I wrote a joke I would write it from like the perspective of a new guy so like after like all my jokes like contradicted so, like it'd be like in one joke I had a girlfriend and then one other joke I'd be a gay dude <laughs> and right. like, the audience would be confused and be like what the fuck is he talking about. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Are you either? Are you a writer too, or do you write? Not at all? really. Not particularly. No. Okay. Are, Daniel, do you ever write? Ah, uh, embarrassingly enough, I've I've tried <laughs> spoken word for longer than I wish to admit. I think for a solid year, when I was like sixteen or seventeen, okay. I tried spoken word, and I sucked at it more than I suck at stand up or improv. Uh, <laughs> like, and I, and I feel like with spoken word, like. You know, like, there's a level, uh, there's a, obviously there are high-level performers, like, and that takes, like, any art form, like, a lot of training and practice and time, but there's, like, a level of, of just, like, me, like, the medium where most spoken word, people who do spoken word land after a few months of doing it, right? And I couldn't get there. (laughs) Like, I was (laughs) below that place my whole time doing spoken, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So that's... To answer your question about writing, mm-hmm. that's probably the most writing that I've done, is just trying to do spoken word and failing at it. All right, cool. Now, uh, I wanted to ask uh, both of you also, um, what, where are you in, for, in terms of organizing and doing things like putting on shows and managing yourselves and stuff like that? Like, is that fun for you, or...? Um, no, <laughs> we're doing shows is fun, but like setting up shows and like making sure people come and it's doing all the advertising is just terrible. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's nerve wracking because the whole time you're going like, oh, what if nobody shows up? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it gets easier. Uh, I remember like first time we were trying to organize university shows. I, I just yeah, I, I would like break a sweat over it. I, I would be, like, really nervous about it. And now it's better. I still get nervous a little bit, and I still worry that, oh, what if people don't show up? Uh, but there are certain things that you grow accustomed to. You're like, okay, so, you know, you make the poster, you uh, put up the event page, you send a few personal invites, you hand bill, you uh, 
in uh, a campus we can chalk up the boards so we can mm-hmm. write with chalk on the boards in each classroom that helps oh, nice. so you just go through these steps that have helped you in the past and they're going to help you again yeah shitty learning that by trial and error though because like the first show you do it's shitty because you did everything wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's uh, the other things that was interesting that I didn't know when I started is like you have to post on the event page itself so even if you have like a Facebook page like say we have Vikes in problem we posted that that's not enough you have to post on the event page like say you put out the event page a week a week and a half in advance you should mm-hmm. post on the event page every three days or so with some sort of content to remind people that it's still happening okay yeah, yeah. and I found that helps um, our our page tells us like how many uh, people have seen something and if we post on the page that helps a lot more on the event page that helps a lot more if we post on the event page than if we post on the actual fan page huh yeah okay. I found that odd but now now that's what we do yeah too. so it's mainly Facebook then uh, do you use any other social media uh, yeah I mean we try and pass around the event to the other websites that that put up <laughs> event notices yes. uh, like Tourism Victoria and Inner Harbor Living yeah I oh, tried yeah. posting an ad on like Reddit tried using advertising a show on Reddit and we got like some really negative comments I was like oh never posting on there again <laughs> yeah I, I tried to I mean I posted this podcast uh, once or twice on Reddit um, and yeah I got downvoted but that was the worst that happened so <laughs> no death threats no death threats yeah no your relationship with the audience like you're I mean you say you don't have fans but do people recognize you Mm. or come up to you after the show and say nice show or I think it's happened like a couple times just around school I mean I don't don't think it's happened to me but I've like heard some of friends being like recognized around town like uh, Kevin he did that tragedy show and Mm. then he was said he got recognized uh, by some chick I don't know Kevin Kevin's Current girlfriend. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I, well, one of our friends, Kevin, he did an improv show during the Fringe, and then one of the girls who came to watch the show, like, she actually went, seeked him out after, and now they're dating. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's funny, because it's not, it's like, uh, his, uh, his show didn't get uh, very, uh, like, good attendance. Like, it was, uh-huh. a, it was a good show, but it was just, like, uh, in a crappy venue, and wasn't mm-hmm. very well advertised or anything. But it was, like, funny, because she was, like, like acting like a groupie essentially for like this poorly attended uh, fringe show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're not like even on campus, nobody really knows who we are because you know it's it, it, like it, on our best show we've got maybe a hundred something people come out and Uvic has over twenty thousand students. Mm-hmm. So no, we're not recognizable or anything like that. But it does happen once in a while. You'll be sitting in the library and someone's like, hey, I came to see your improv show. Yeah, and then you have sex with them and then you go about your day. I've, I've never had sex with someone. Yeah, he's never had He's a virgin. <laughs> I'm a virgin. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys about uh, your love lives. I don't know if you want to talk about... Uh, what do you got going on? Michael's today? seeing someone right now. Uh, yes. Yes. Cool. The magic of Tinder. Get <laughs> <laughs> Tinder. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, I was like using Tinder for like, like a few months, I guess, like just 
casually every so often. It's like, this is stupid. <laughs> Just looking at someone off a photo, this is dumb. You sh- I'm never going to meet any of these people. And then I ended up uh, meeting someone and ending up in like a relationship with them. <laughs> I, was like, I was like complaining to my friend this whole time, like, Tinder's stupid, why do I keep doing this? And then, and then afterwards, I was like, holy shit, Tinder's amazing, I can't believe this happened. Huh. Well, okay. that, that's a good story. Yeah. Are, you, uh, are you seeing someone? I'm not seeing anybody right now. I'm okay. single. Um, uh, yeah, I'm single. Uh, what is what is your the person you're seeing? What does she think of uh, like your the fact that you're a performer? Mm, uh, sh- she, I guess, I haven't really asked her opinion on it. She <laughs> she likes it, I guess. Like she comes yeah. to the shows voluntarily, so she must <laughs> enjoy it <laughs> on some level. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, like, um, one thing I noticed was she, like, commented how I'm always, like, laughing at things. Like, she thinks, like, I laugh way more than a normal person, and I didn't think that was out of the ordinary, but I guess interacting with a normie, she's <laughs> she thinks it's weird. Are you, like, Michael, are you, like, uh, I don't know, are you, I think you're a little bit odd. Um, just in your oh no! <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, has that been a thing in your life? Like, do you not yeah. fit in or yeah. stuff like that? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what's interesting with Michael is that he comes off like a, like an introvert. You know, he's very quiet and reserved, and then he goes on stage, and he's a very outspoken and and loud and and has a variety and range of characters and voices and expressions and physicality and it's just unexpected. So mm. that's I think that's where when people see Michael perform and then they try and talk to him after the show, they're yeah. like, Wow, that guy's odd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I don't I didn't mean to insult you but No, no, that's <laughs> okay. I'm uh, not that Okay. Uh uh, Daniel, do you have any love life going on? I think you talked about in your stand-up routine. Yeah, about yeah. Stomping on worms? Or? <laughs> um, so I, uh, I did, I was dating someone, uh, you know, in, in the year, in, in 2015, uh, but she, she doesn't live here anymore. She, she moved a few months oh. ago back home to England. Uh, and so, uh, we're, we're not doing like a long-distance relationship, but it's complicated, you know. We still, it's it's we still at least talk. a friendship still. Yeah, it's a friendship. And, and if you ever get back in the same country. Yeah, and like I'm saving up to buy tickets to go over there. <laughs> okay. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. That's the magic of vaginas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't think it's magic of vaginas. I just think it's the magic of all genitals. But it's also, I mean. <laughs> oh, oh, I yeah. thought you were going to say love. It's just love. <laughs> yeah. It's also a cool thing to go to another country, so. Actually, oh, speaking of other countries. It is cool to go to another <laughs> country, Josh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, though, uh, were you, uh, who should I ask? Actually, I'll ask Michael. Were you born and raised in Canada? Yes, boringly enough. Okay, in Victoria? No, Maple Ridge, Maple which Ridge. is like three cities to the east of Vancouver. For all of our listeners, <laughs> I don't have that many listeners, mm-hmm. uh, for if anybody doesn't know where Maple Ridge is. Um Cool, and you came over to Victoria for school. For school, yeah. Okay, mm. to go to UVic. Yeah. Oh, are you? St- you're what are you studying? Mechanical engineering. Neat. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about all that warrants. Neat. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but but yeah, you do performance just as a. I don't. Is I guess it's a hobby, but yeah, yeah, something it sort of impacts my academic performance. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like uh, in my free time, I'm not doing like engineering projects or anything. I'm like, all right, fuck this. I'm gonna go do improv now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I. I like the idea of making careers out of entertainment, but I, that's a different program, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Totally would if I could. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Daniel, uh, where did I grow up? Yeah, where'd you grow up? Um, I didn't grow up in Canada. I, gr- I grew up in Israel, which is uh, three continents away from where we live. Nice. Um, and I came. Callback. <laughs> very vague callback. Circling around in number three. Uh, and I came to to Vancouver when I was 12 and then came here for university. Okay. Yeah. Did you, are you a citizen then? Like, did you, yeah, have, I have, you have I to have, become a citizen? Yeah, I have my Canadian citizenship. I didn't even have to wear my niqab. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, and that was offensive. And are you allowed to wear a yarmulke if, at your ceremony? I don't know. I don't let him wear it in the house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whenever <laughs> I come home, Michael takes it uh, from my head and locks it away. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, no, I, I'm not religious, so okay. never wore a yarmulke. Uh, except for, like funerals and stuff, Jewish funerals. Um, and yeah, so moved to Vancouver and then came here. That was. Going to university. Okay. And I have a dual citizenship. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that's good. Um, have you voted before? Have I voted before? Uh, yeah, I think I voted in the 2011 election. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, don't worry. I'm, I, it's not... Yeah, I'm going to vote again. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... I'm, uh, no, I, I'm wondering, <laughs> actually... <laughs> I'm wondering if you have a different perspective on Canadian politics or if you don't know much about it or... Um, I'm I'm not like a hugely political guy, uh, but I try and follow along. You know, uh, I'll be voting in trying to vote for in, in the writing that my family lives in in Richmond. Okay. Um, yeah. Because that one has a little more contention for who's gonna win. Okay. Um, yeah. And so, going to try and vote strategically. Uh, because Saanich, this one, seems like it's pretty clear that the Greens are going to take it, and I'm happy for them. Um, so I'm going to try and str- use my vote strategically in my writing. But I'm not like I'm not the most knowledgeable about politics. I'll okay. admit to that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really either. Yeah, so yeah. I, every I, time I try and like research how I should vote, I like end up getting stuck on like uh, like economy and uh, foreign policy issues. Like I don't, I'm not educated in, like, like why should my opinion matter on, like, how Canada should, uh, <laughs> should make economic decisions? I, like, I don't know what the, what the outcomes would <laughs> be. Yeah. yeah, well, I, I'm not sure if I can even say either. Although, like, I kind of think, since I have so little money, I should vote for the party that's, like, not about people with a lot of money, so uh, that's my, about my only thought on it. Yeah. There's there's a, an independent party in Victoria that's for animal welfare, uh, and I I thought they were pretty interesting um, because they put out these ads like basically saying no one's talking about animal welfare, mm-hmm. 
and how Canada apparently I didn't even know this about Canada, but apparently Canada in various different um, uh, pointers of of animal welfare were ranked really low. And so this mm. party is like advocating for animal welfare and mm. trying to improve those pointers. Um, and I didn't even know that we had something like that. So that's cool. Yeah. So there's lots of options if if you don't want to like vote traditionally. But I guess yeah. I guess it, it always comes back to the debate of well, if you vote for that party, you're splitting the vote. And so you know, and you're not voting strategically because they're not gonna they're not going to win, right? That animal welfare party. They don't have the support behind them to really m- make any meaningful change. Right. The yeah. the point you're making, you could probably also make with a with a letter written to your other yeah yeah representative. So, yeah. But I was, it was just <laughs> interesting this election trying to like do research and finding out that you know there are more than the four or five party that you the four or five parties that you know about. Mm. There's like all mm-hmm. these other independent parties that stand for yeah interesting things. I have a question for you. Um, how have you sort of observed the stand up comedy scene change? Because you were there once w- when we had the once a week open mics, and now we have the additional Thursday show on top of the m- a weekly open mic, mm-hmm. and so it seems like there's a nice little boom right now. In the yeah, scene. Michael and I were talking about it the other day about how we remember it a few years ago, where it was like sometimes hard to even get up once a week because you know there was only the one open mic, and if you couldn't make it to that one, like you just you just didn't get up that week. Um, even in Vancouver. Like, a few years ago, when, like, Goldie's shut down, mm-hmm. there, there's just not a lot of open mic stand-up, right? Mm-hmm. And now it seems like in Vancouver and in Victoria, there's a little bit of a boom, and we're talking about, like, how that makes it more accessible for us, but also how that's good for the community at large. Yeah, uh, I think it's good. I, how have I seen it change? Um, basically, just what you said, that there's now that Ratfish is twice a week. Mm. and Does it change the way you try out material? Do you try the same stuff at both open mics? Um, or if you get up both yeah, times? Yeah, if I, if I get up. Uh, hmm, good question. Uh, I think it, it helps. I mean, I'm always kind of, like, I'm a little bit, um, uh, I wish there was more. Like, mm. I, I'm always wanting, like, I feel like it's a little bit, it's hard because there's only like kind of two shows a week they're mm. one and a half that I can get on so, so I wish there was more um, and I I think that yeah I'm I might be not even reaching what I'm supposed to be reaching just with because I might be because I think open mics kind of ramp you up to a certain level it's like oh I got you know I got on stage I did this and you remember stuff mm. and the next and then for the rest of the week it's kind of yeah, and you kind of forget and stuff like that and then by the time it's the next week, you have to climb up that hill again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. We're talking about the ramifications of adding a second open mic in a week, whereas people in New York are getting up like seven times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I is that really happening? I wonder if if that's just some a few people who are able well, to. Yeah. Do the point is, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, but there are like, an enormous amount of open mics in the bigger cities in New York, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, you can you can basically in one night completely workshop your three to five minutes you go yeah. in and you just chip 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 and at the end of the night you, after getting up five to seven times you have your three to five minutes show yeah yeah because yeah, i brought like i had a really good 
set one time and it worked like two or three times and then I I was like, oh great, okay, I can that's you know in the bag or whatever I can work mm-hmm. on other stuff and then I brought it back and it was like where am I going with this and I, I was like I was getting you silence get ru- or I was get rusty, to get yeah. laughs and yeah. so yeah yeah no I feel you I feel you um, um yeah mm. yeah <laughs> yeah mm. Mm. yeah mm. so yeah. I I enjoy trying out new things just because that means that on the Monday, I could try out something new, and if it worked, then I can also use it. And if I get up on Thursday, right. then I can. Use when are you gonna open up a room? Oh well, call it the Space Boot One Comedy. <laughs> yeah. Space Boot One Comedy Room, and I'll I'll, I'll you podcast to your podcast like Nerdist, and then you'll be a competitor, and you'll eventually eclipse them. Yeah. Uh. Well, I want to, but I think I need. I well, what do I need? I need so many things, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I need a bit more experience with mm. it, um, with just being around um, comedians and comedy mm-hmm. and seeing how it's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need a steadier day job. I'm sort of off and on working, so mm-hmm. that. What do you, by the way, like, do you guys do day jobs or do you have student loans or? Yeah, um, I work. Yeah, I don't work right now. I'd like do a uh, school and then do a co-op work term and it's like rotate switch. Yeah. yeah, I work at UVic. Yeah, okay. with uh, exchange students. He's a tour guide for Asian people. That's that's <laughs> like a very <laughs> that's like a really like racist way. Of <laughs> yeah, Michael, wh- what have you sort of done with your show with Comedy at Solstice? How how has that progressed or evolved? Um, just uh, how take us to the evolution. Um, well, we talk about how it used to be we came up with characters on the spot rather than coming up with them beforehand, so we changed that. Um, I think uh, at the end we do like a long form with uh, our pianist, Matt Calric on the piano. Um, I think we're going to just, I might just take it and make it a just flat out improvised musical, because uh, it used to be we didn't do any songs, and then the last time we, a couple of us like did an improvised song on the spot, and those were... I think the points where people are laughing the most, so I think we just make <laughs> just straight yeah. up make it a musical. People yeah. like music. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think of the show? You came out to it. Actually, my last time was my first time seeing the show too, because the previous times I was either sick or I had stand up that night and I couldn't do it. So it was my first time too. What do you think? Uh, well, I had a lot of fun. I mean, uh, improv is it is what it is. There are some times in an improv show where it, it flags a little. Mm-hmm. Or is that the right word? But, uh, I mean, it it picked up and it was really funny. I definitely got some good laughs out of mm-hmm. it. So. I, I just like the room itself. Uh, I've never really liked that venue before. And then I saw I saw how you did it, Michael, and I really enjoyed it with the spotlight and the curtains behind it. It just looks cool. It looks like a little, like, L.A. sketch show almost, you know? <laughs> it just feels so nice and intimate, and the brick walls are really cool. And... Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it, Michael. Noise. Yeah. yeah. I wish I'd sat up closer, to be honest. Like, I was al- almost in, well, the front, or the, which is the back. You know, the front of the store, which yeah. is the back. So in improv, we call it the splash zone. Which? What? Joking. Is that not the front because you get spit on? Or? Yeah, because uh, in improv, sometimes you got to spit on people, and, uh, like, when they're not laughing, and uh, so... It's called the splash zone. Yeah. What's the what's the what's the term called for that? Is the if they're not laughing, you spit on them. That's 
there's there's a term for it in improv. You, you know, for huh? what we call the people that you spit on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, uh, shit fuckers. Yes. Yeah. That that's the one I was looking for. Shit fuckers. Yes. Yeah. We try to keep as few shit fuckers in our show as possible. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes you got to start the splash zone. Yeah. Huh. Sometimes a shit fucker actually turns I- into uh, uh, a blowjob giver. A blowjob giver? What? <laughs> yes, a blowjob giver. Yeah, which is the best thing you can be. So, like, sometimes a shit fucker will be fucking up your shit, and you gotta put them in the splash zone, but then you do a good goof, and they start laughing, and then they become a blowjob giver. Yeah. Well, they're not literally they are not literally giving you a blowjob, but... All like, this stuff is in a UCB manual. You can you can read about okay. it. It's all there. All the information. We I, didn't be- come up I with believe you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all written down. It it's, is. it's all in word. Yeah. Um, hecklers? Do you ever have problems with them at improv shows? Mm, no, not really. <laughs> not really. No, because with improv shows, you when you set up the show, you kind of kind of make everyone your friend, right? Because yeah. you make mm-hmm. them you make them yell out the things you want them to. Because they're already out. they're yeah, able to exactly. get that. Well, out. actually, like at the Solstice show, I don't. You, I guess you probably remember there was a there's a woman, yeah. Suggestion. Oh yeah, there was a woman too. But there was a, we asked for a suggestion, and a guy was like trying to be funny, and Daniel was like, "What's a cool experience you had recently?" And the guy was like, "I had sex with a bunch of dolphins." Like, okay, <laughs> but we took it. We took it, yeah, anyway. and you went ahead with it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Should you have? Do you th- do you regret that? No, I don't regret <laughs> it. <It's fine. laughs> yeah, no it, regrets. Yeah, how do you how do you heckle an improv show? It's not funny. Next joke, like what? <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah because it's made up, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but, well, I don't know, and we don't have too much of a problem ever with hecklers at Ratfish either. Yeah, um, although whenever we do have something, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> Whenever you, you have someone rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that, because now all the listeners, all of our listeners will come and have Yeah, no, no, I, I don't encourage it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had like when we did when we did improv at Ratfish one time. There was that guy who like joined us on stage. That was a comic. Invited. <laughs> that was a comic. Yeah. That was. <laughs> he, he did stand up at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen him around at all. Yeah. So. yeah. Ah, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. But yeah, he came on stage and then we shot him, and he died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that was good. He took the he took the hint and and improv died on stage. Yeah, he was too little, too late to take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, your field of study? Do you like you do computer science? Yeah, yeah. Um, neat. Yeah. Neat. 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 Oh, yeah. Sound neat. a computer makes. Neat. 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 <laughs> neat. neat. Um, mm. yeah, but uh, like. Are you planning on going on with that, or like? Uh, that, I guess a backup plan is that what that is, or? Yes, that that's a very good way of putting it. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah th- that's the standard advice that parents give and stuff. Like, have a backup plan. Yes, my backup plan is to coded be a scientist. In, yeah, coded in Java. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but so, like, so do both of you have kind of aspirations as far as, like in show business? Like, do you want to do that? Not necessarily show like business. I would like to perform and produce material and just do that. And, and I don't know how that translates to show business. Like, the, with show business, do you mean do I want to be on TV? 
necessarily. Well, not not no. I mean, like either stand up or yeah. I would just like to perform and produce material, whether it's you know at the local level and I can sustain myself like that. That's fine. Uh, or if uh, you know if it's on TV, that's that's great too. But I'm not shooting that high up, you know, okay. right now. Uh, right now, I, I would love to just be able to just you know do stand up and improv and put on shows and do the fringes the fringe festivals and travel around a little bit and just perform and just make it day to day like that that's my goal yeah cool um did I already ask you that Michael Mm, no I feel like I'm trying to figure out what the best like if if I could do like a comedy for a living obviously I would like to do that I'm trying to figure out what the best way to like do that would be like like how I mentioned like stand up I really don't find that uh, like fun for me after a while because the, the jokes get stale. Sure. But improv, I, I could see myself doing like improv like super regularly for a long time. I'd do that as a living if that was possible. Yeah. But uh, like I'm still trying to figure out what the best way to do that would be. Like I, for a while, I was considering uh, just like trying to find an engineering job in like uh, Chicago or something where there's a big improv scene and just oh, that'd like be good. Uh, just like <laughs> entrenching myself in that scene while working and just uh just see what happens and if uh if nothing happens then uh, whatever and then uh I've got my uh sweet engineering gig to keep me uh <laughs> keep me going but um uh yeah I don't really have any aspirations to uh just like go full 100% into comedy mode and uh and throw my engineering shit to the side let's uh yeah I don't know <laughs> I sort of I sort of admire people who are able to just like uh, put 100% confidence in themselves and just like go pursue comedy like full out because it's like such a big risk. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to have uh, either like their parents to support them or a spouse yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, unless they get a big break and they have a job right away, like a writing job or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what jobs like? Uh, Daniel, you've done hosting now a couple times. Yeah, I actually just uh, just now I just came back from Courtney. Uh, I was opening up for Damon Tritter uh, at the Avalanche in Courtney, and yeah, I was hosted that show. There's just me, another guy, uh, Scott Goglin, and then Scott Goglin. Yeah, and then and then sure. Damon Tritter was headlining the show. Um, I've that, seen him, yeah. Brian, you've seen him? I've, yeah. Cool, yeah. So yeah, he was great. Um, that was the first time I ever like hosted a stand-up show on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done like a little bit. I've hosted uh, the your stand-up show, the the, the, the I, yeah the stand-up yeah. the stand-up class show. I hosted yeah. that, but that was locally. And I've hosted a few of our shows, Michael's and I shows, but that's also locally. So that was the first time that I've ever done it on the road, and that was pretty cool. Um, Is it different than um, just being like just a, sort of a feature or a, just a yeah? Well, just just the fact that I wasn't in, in my town, and that like I. It felt strange being in a different place and, like, hosting a show. Because when, when I think about hosting, I associate it with, like, this is your show. You're hosting it, right? Mm. Or you've been on this show before and you're hosting it. Yeah. So it was strange for me to host a show with two comics that I've never met in a place I've never performed before. And 
associated that with the word host, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had a lot of fun, and uh, uh, it went pretty well, I thought. But yeah, it was it was strange, and I look forward to doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. So you like it? Ah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved it. It was okay. it was the best. Yeah. Uh, Michael, have you ever been hosting or like? I guess you host your show. Yeah, I've hosted that uh, the last couple of times. I also hosted a show that uh, we used to do called Duo Tango, which is uh, yeah, we did for a like year. A duo improv show. Uh, yeah, hosting is uh, definitely a different beast. It's like yeah. it's so important to have a to have a good show to have a good host that's uh, keeping the energy of the audience up. Uh, I thought that like actually. Hosting shows uh, helped my stand-up performance, I think, more than my improv performance, because I was like, mm. like it's sort of just trying to riff off of anything that's currently happening in the show, so I'd be like off stage with a notebook just like frantically writing what I could talk about as I introduced like, the next act. Um, yeah, it's sort of fun. Um, I hosted, uh, <laughs> like when, we, when our uh, improv group went to uh, Winnipeg to do a festival, I like tried to transfer like my uh, hosting practice to like introduce our group, and I was like, I was like warming up the crowd. I was like, uh, "All right, uh, dick jokes on this side, everybody cheer! Oh, uh, dick jokes on this side, everybody get wild! Uh, 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 subtle political satire in the center!" And uh, it was, uh, I don't think they were prepared for that, and it was it went over <laughs> rather awkwardly. <laughs> do you, all, do you, is that a common warm up for you? No, okay. <laughs> but I've seen you do it twice now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I, it's common for for me when I'm hosting, but it's not a common thing to do at a university improv festival. <laughs> yeah. No, there's that that uh, Nadoli voice though. That yeah. This is Michael Nadoli. Oh, they take every two seconds. Yeah. 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 Hosting, uh, like Michael said, it's a different beast because yeah. you're not necessarily trying to be the funniest person on the show. You're just trying to keep the energy of the show moving. Uh, so if someone did really great, it's not very important to do time after they got up. You could just easily just bring on the next person. And if someone does poorly, then it's very important to try and get the energy back up and do some time before mm-hmm. you introduce the next person. Well, does it also depend on who's next? Because sometimes if you somebody does really great and then somebody the next person is also going to be great like do you want to cool down the crowd a little bit or not necessarily like cool them down but just mm-hmm. try something a yeah i mean i'm not the biggest i'm not the biggest expert right uh, but i i have noticed that generally the best hosts are able like you said to read those situations very delicately and and, yeah. and they'll choose when and where to do time and they kind of meet the audience at the energy level where they are mm-hmm. and then slowly bring them up um, unless you're Michael then you just come on stage <laughs> yelling out stuff <laughs> dicks everywhere <laughs> yeah um, so yeah cool uh, what do you think of stand up as an art form or uh, like Nah, that's not a good question. Oh, no, very, very open-ended question. <laughs> yeah. I love stand-up. I love stand-up. I fucking love stand-up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just... Fuck. Um, there's nothing more satisfying that I've ever experienced than coming off the stage after it went well in stand-up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even improv doesn't give me the same satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of disagree. <laughs> you think with improv is better? Improv like such a such a like rush if you get it like if there's a big crowd and you like do well because you don't have anything prepared and it's just like yeah like in the moment coming up with shit and just but, like but stand up is so much egotistical. It's just you. With improv, like there's it's great. Yes, you just made it up. It's the top of your head. You're a genius. Good job. Thank you. But it's uh, but it's at the same time like you, there's a whole production behind you. You know, uh, with stand up, you were there. There's a microphone, and maybe that helps you because it projected your voice. But other than that, it was completely all you. And yes, you didn't come up with it, but you fucking put in so much time perfecting every beat of it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like if you do well in improv, it like. Like you, you get that like, uh, get that ego boost of like thinking you're funny from both things, but like I feel like improv is more of a more of a test of how funny you are because you're coming up with at the moment. Like the- I feel like theoretically, an unfunny person could, through trial and error, come up with a really funny stand-up set just by uh, seeing what works and what doesn't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Okay. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. No, because with improv, I don't think you need to be a really funny person. I think you just need to be a really good improviser and I don't think you need to be extremely funny to be a good improviser I think you need I to I think you gotta be funny to be like a great improviser well, you, could like, do, you could do you could make people laugh if you're not funny I don't know what, I if, think. what if you're not funny though what if yeah I, I, like for example I don't think I'm the funniest improviser you know um, but I think that I'm a good improviser or at least amongst my peers and the people I improvise with, I don't think amongst them, I don't think I'm the funniest improviser. Do people, like, do you guys talk about who's the best and, like, do you no. measure dicks and stuff? <laughs> we measure well, we dicks. measure dicks, but you know, we don't think we talk about who's funny. You guys never <laughs> invited me to measure dicks before. Well, well, we didn't think you had much going on. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I don't think in, the, in our crew I'm the funniest improviser, but I think I'm a good improviser. And I think that's because I understand you know, the dynamics of the group and how I can come in and contribute to that and that's not necessarily by being the funniest person out there. I think you need a, you need other moving parts in an improv group. Well, I love that about improv that if, like, if you see somebody being funny, like in stand-up, if you see somebody doing an awesome job killing it on stage, you can applaud and laugh and that's mm-hmm. about all you can do to help them. Mm. I don't, well, do they need help? I don't know, but in improv, in theory, you can send them up, up another level by giving them another offer. Exactly, yeah. So you need you need a lot of those different uh, mechanisms all together in one group on an improv team. And with stand-up, uh, I think, yeah, you have to be funny. You have to make people laugh. There's no stand-up comedian who is not funny. But I think there are a lot of great improvisers who are not that funny. Who are your guys' idols? Uh, both, like, famous, you know, on TV and stuff, but also, like, do you have idols in Victoria or uh, fellows, like, who you look up to? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think the the only per is, do you know, uh, are you familiar with Roy Scoville? No. He's like my he's like my comedy hero essentially because he he does Rory Scovel. You sure you know Rory Scovel? Well, I might if I saw yeah, that. Yeah. For sure, for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'll he look like, it up after. Yeah. And then, oh yeah. He he does stand up as well as improv. He's not famous for improv, but he like does it in his stand up. Like he he's like. Uh, he like does completely improvised stand up sets and they're like just as funny as like things that people have like spent 
months working on. <laughs> like he he does he writes bits, but he like interweaves them with uh, improvised stuff. Like I saw I saw a video like an hour show, and probably like like half his stuff was improvised, and it was still like the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I I feel like if I could get to that point where I could do that with stand-up, I would, like, enjoy it a lot more. But, like, the fact that, he, as far as I know, he's the only one, he's the only, like, stand-up comedian who is, uh, who's, like, somewhat well-known, who does that much improv in his, in his, uh, comedy. But, mm-hmm. like, just the fact that he can go out there by himself with no preparation and just destroy a room like that, it just yeah. blows me away. <laughs> Do you, yeah. Does he and he does he does sort of like when Michael likes to do too. He does different characters and does yeah. stand up through those characters. And uh, yeah, he's amazing. I think part of it is is in stand up you have to have like no fear, no confidence. Of course, no, <laughs> no <confidence>. you need <laughs> to have confidence. <laughs> Sorry, no fear. And Stephen Wright, <laughs> most amount of confidence and no fear. And Rory Scovel, he does he does that through the lens of characters. Yeah, and that's what makes it so amazing when you see him improvise stand up. Is he still has no fear in his eyes, and he's playing a character. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I learned about characters that you're supposed to be, like, interesting characters are characters that are sort of usually good at what they do or think they're good at what they do. They, they think they're in control. Like, those are good characters, especially in improv. Like, you should be a character who's, um, uh, like, confident and, and has an opinion, right or wrong. They're sticking with it, stuff like that. Yeah, choices. We always talk about like making strong choices. Whatever your choices are, if you make them and then stick to them, you can you can later in the show be convinced to break your choices by other characters. But at the top of the show in improv, you're playing a character. You should make strong choices, commit to those choices, and let those choices shape what your character is going to be. So yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. 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 Uh, do, do you have any uh, favorite idols or like heroes or? Uh, yeah, characters? so locally, I really like Missy and Dave, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And um, there's a group in I think Toronto, uh, the Sufferettes, and there's two of them. I think Becky. And I forget the other girl's name. There's two girls, and they do, like, long-form improv. And they came to Victoria once, and they did Wes Borg's show, the yeah. the improv Calcavate of Whimsy. Oh, or sorry, the the Calcavate of Whimsy. And, yeah, the two of them were amazing. Uh, what I like in improv is when there's, like, a fair bit of just sort of like a tr- almost tragic, dramatic element, and the laughter punches through that. So the scenario itself isn't the funniest. It's almost like a little darker and more sad. And then the lines, what people are saying, are so funny. And it breaks through that tension of hurt. And they do that. The two of them are really great. Um, yes. On, on, like a, on like a celebrity level, I don't know if I have like favorite improvisers per se. Can you think of anyone, Michael? Don't you really like Mike Birbiglia? I don't know if he's an improviser. He's a stand-up. Oh, I thought you were yeah. just talking about comedy people. Yeah, it can be yeah. whatever you okay, want. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Birbiglia as a stand-up comic, yes. It's probably my favorite. Um, and there's a, f- there's a few other ones. Um, I I really like... I've only seen the one special, but I really enjoyed it. It was uh, Morgan Murphy. She has a special on Netflix that I really enjoy. Um, 
Mm, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, and then and then your usuals, I guess. Your Louis CKs and sure. Bill yeah. Burrs. They're good for a reason, right? Um, I forgot to mention like uh, uh, Tim and Eric. Do you are familiar with them? Oh yeah, they're they're I think they're above even Roy Scoville for me. <laughs> like okay. just uh, yeah. I admire so much that they're like their TV show, uh, which is what got me into them initially. Like so much, their their like their stuff is so insanely absurd, and they like have. Uh, uh, like the bravery to just put stuff out there that might be bad. Like half their stuff, I'll admit, isn't that great. But then because they take those chances every single time, like the stuff that is good is like so good. <laughs> I think, nice. and it just like is like I feel like they came up with like a like in like a just like an entirely new style of comedy, which is so hard after like there's like so much comedy out there to like create your own unique style. Anyways. That's mm-hmm. another edition. No, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like your style? Like, you see your style as imitating other people too, to uh, an extent. Or? Yeah, unfor- <laughs> unfortunately. Well, I think that might be a step that everyone has to go yeah, through, right? Yeah, it is definitely. I don't know for myself if I'm at first when I was starting, I was trying really hard <laughs> to sound like Mike Birbiglia, but since then, I've realized I sound nothing like him, and I, I shouldn't even try because it doesn't work for me. And I don't know what I sound like now. I think I don't think I sound like any specific other comedian that I can think of, at least. Well, the only comedian... Like, I remember one time there was a moment when you were on stage that I thought, oh, Dane Cook. But then it was... <laughs> so Actually, and, yeah, and you know what's... The comp- I mean that as a compliment. Um, you know what's funny is, uh, yeah, I think, I think someone else told me that once. I, I could see it. I could see it, yeah, because we... We both kind of have the same way of setting up a joke. You're right. Pacing around, <laughs> making it more <laughs> intense than it should be. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I should stop doing that <laughs> because I don't like Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just one moment, and then it was like, oh, okay, uh, that was neat. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. then you were doing something else. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you think of any other comedians that you look up to? Uh what about you, Josh? Um, yeah, well, I it's funny. I got into Bill Burr after... I, I didn't even know about him until this April when I mm-hmm. got into stand-up. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you should look at Bill Burr. And I was like, oh, he's, this is amazing like, yeah. what he does. Mm-hmm. And he, ha- he has a podcast, and mm-hmm. he does, like, just talks to the microphone. Sometimes his wife comes in and joins him. <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to do what he does. Yeah. Um, well, I guess as a, as a podcaster, you might you might also like uh, you you must like Joe Rogan. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have grown more and more to like Joe Rogan, like in the last I guess in the year, because I was aware of him and enjoyed some of his like with Joe Rogan. You look up every once in a while, he has someone on that you you're like, oh, I know that person, so you listen to that episode, and then Joe he he's he's very curious, but he's also got this weird like way of looking at the world that's uh, wacky, um, mm-hmm. which is good for a comic, but he's like imagining all these conspiracy theories and stuff, and um, and I'm not that much into sports, and like he's into MMA and stuff, mm-hmm. so that wasn't all that interesting to me, but lately I've been listening to like almost every episode, even if it's somebody I'm not that interested in, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like the Joe Rogan podcast is like really growing on me, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, what about in our local stand-up scene? Do you have any local comics you look up to? Well, I mean, I look up to everybody who I saw when I first came in. Mm-hmm. I look up to all the people who I saw on stage. Mm-hmm. And, and I still... And uh, it's sort of... Sometimes you see them rise and fall a little bit, like mm-hmm. week to week. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. they bombed that week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe they're not. But, um, of course, we happen to have Sean Proud, Love, and Victoria. So mm-hmm. he's very look-up-to-able. And I... I <laughs> I think I think some of my jokes are have a little bit of Sean Proudlove, maybe just because he's an influence now on me. I've, I saw you riffing the other day where you came up and you started talking about uh, the the previous comic did a joke about like was it t- something about toilets? I don't remember. And you just yeah. riffed off of it. Yeah. And that felt kind of in the same vein. Sometimes Sean, Sean Proudlove will riff off of uh, what other people have spoken about. And yeah, it was it was funny. I enjoyed it. Yeah, so I'm kind of look at him and and see what he like. Not obviously not take his material, mm-hmm. but like look at what he does and kind of emulate a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, and um, and I've always liked Shane mm-hmm. Shane Priestley. I've always liked his jokes. Thought he was really funny because mm-hmm. he seems to get me going. Um, and uh, were you there the other day when Curran Dobbs really like he did his. His puns, his usual puns, mm-hmm. um, and just for some reason that I just couldn't stop laughing. Like, yeah, just yeah. did them so like I don't know. It was the day or mm-hmm. the crowd or whatever. Yeah. Well, he has a really tight set. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he has a. I think he does maybe in total like probably thirty minutes, and I think all of it has really good flow and uh, it's sharp because he's perfected it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I look to him, and I try and see like what I can take from from Curran, and it's it's hard because his he has a delivery that um, I think it's hard to emulate a little mm-hmm. bit because it does it doesn't seem like it'd be that funny except he does a lot of pausing and waiting for laughs yeah. and stuff. I like better like when he's just like brutally honest. So sometimes he'll get going and he'll almost like almost riff a little bit, but he gets off that beat. He gets off the, like, really slow r- rhythm that he has going on, and he'll just kind of go for it. Uh, he does it especially when he when he talks about the guy who thought he was he was drunk mm-hmm. and, and got offended, and he's like, you're just drunk, right? Uh, when he does that, that bit, sometimes he'll speed up a little bit, and he always gets me with that joke because the rhythm on that joke is a little bit different than... Everything else. Mm, yes. Yeah. 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 What about you, Michael? Anybody locally? Hmm. I like how uh, uh, Sam. Like I, I saw Sam Lee. He was headlining uh, uh, one of the uh, Ratfish Select shows. <laughs> like the audience just wasn't with him at all because this, this stuff's like so offensive to a certain amount of people, and the audience seemed to be composed of only those people that one night. And I like how he'll just. <laughs> He'll just uh, not give a shit and just, <laughs> just do it, even though like everybody's against him. Yeah. When I first yeah. saw Sam Lee, I thought for some reason I thought he was like a like a the poet of the comedians, like the dark, dark, <laughs> gross poet of the comedians. You know, because I don't know back when when I saw him then, he used to wear a, like a black blazer, and I haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, he had a delivery that was like, almost like very poetic. But at the same time, all mm-hmm. his jokes are just dark and. And raw, so mm-hmm. yeah. Sam, Sam Lee has very unique style that way. Yeah. Um, 
Who else? I really like uh, Chelsea Luapov, just because I think yeah, he's probably the only the only like storyteller in Victoria. I don't know if that's true, but I think so. Yeah, well, with her joke about how she has gluten intolerance and what well, just in general, most of her stuff are stories, yeah. and I really want to do stories. Uh, I just can't seem to do it, but uh, yeah, I would say I look up to her. I would. I, I want to do more stories. Yeah. I I want you guys to plug stuff, shows and stuff, or Twitter handles or anything you have. Um, we we have the one show on the twenty third at the Copper Owl. No, uh, at Uvic. We have the one at Copper Owl too on the twenty first. Okay, so the Copper Owl on the twenty first is an open mic or is that? What that uh, is? I don't even. What is the show? There's like there's like a three. Yeah. Three so the first portion. People. The first portion is on. The Wednesday, the twenty first, the Copperell is part open mic, and it's put on not by us. It's by the Warren Undergraduate Society. Okay, uh, so you'll be there, or yeah, we'll be perfo- we'll be performing okay. there. Yeah, so there's an open mic portion, which you've done it. You've done some yes, stand up there, did. yeah, and and I think last time there were quite a few stand up comedians there, and then there are like three featured performers, and they asked us to do some improv as part of the featured performance. Cool. So that's on twenty first on Wednesday. Yeah. And on Friday, two days after that, the 23rd, um, we have our show at UVic. Um, we're going to do yeah. some improv. And it's an hour-long show, so it's pretty tight. We don't do intermission or anything. We just we just do an hour, and then it's done. So it's uh, 7.30 to 8.30. Is that right? Um, it can be. I think, I think it's <laughs> 7.30 to 8.30 on Friday at the David Lamb Auditorium at UVic. Cool. By donation or yes, everything by donation. Oh, but yeah, yeah. And this solstice comedy show you've heard so much about on this podcast. Oh my gosh, how much does it happen? Once a month is the amount, and you can find it on Facebook. Solstice comedy, you'll find it. It's in there. It's on the internet. And uh, <laughs> and uh, what else? Is there anything else? Oh, the I'm I'm doing the showdown <laughs> on the on this coming Sunday uh, on the 18th. So if you come and you vote for me, I can win money and pay rent so that Michael doesn't have to spot me again. Mm, yes. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, you should, uh, should do that. Yeah, I think we're almost... I mean, if you guys have other stuff you want to talk to. Do you want to do an improv scene before we wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> do you need me to give you a suggestion? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you doing an improv scene? <laughs> of course you are. Okay, just cut it out if it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, okay, your... What's the, what's the last book you read? Oh, the, um, I think it's called Shut Up, I'm Talking. Oh, and what's the, what's the theme or the premise of the book? Um, it's about... It's about an Israeli guy... No, it's about a Canadian guy who was working in the Israeli government, um, and it's a comedy about all the hijinks that he got up to. Hmm. And then... What else happened? Yeah, it's just, he's just a guy working as a bureaucrat in the Israeli government, and he's a Canadian. Hmm. Uh, okay, we'll take that. <laughs> if you want to take Yeah. That. Hey, Shlomo, pass me the, the stapler. Um, oh, here, uh, here... Here, here's the here's the stapler, Shlomo. I'm looking at the forms over here, and uh, I have to say that uh, you missed a lot of important stuff. I don't know if I can approve this uh, citizenship citizenship of yours. I, I have something to admit to you. 
Shlomo, what is it? You are coming out with many secrets today. First your uh, application is incomplete, and now you have to tell me some certain truths. I'm, I'm not of the Jewish faith. What? And there's more. I don't know the first thing about Israel. <laughs> Shlomo. Shlomo, you must I'm know. going to find it very hard to talk to you about Israel in this conversation <laughs> we're having. Shlomo, you must not ever tell anybody else about this. Palestine is related in some fashion, I know this much. Shlomo, am I sensing that you're also German? Yes. Hold <laughs> on, I'm going to put my normal voice on. Yes, I am Ch- I'm German and I, am, I have been uh, f- masquerading as an Israeli person. Shlomo, I don't even know you anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I don't even know your name for the reason that I don't know what an Israeli name would be. Shlomo, I, I can't. I can't do this. I... I... I have to... I have to report to you. Cut to the Israeli re- reporting office. Well, which is jail. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are you in for? I was, uh... I was trying to infiltrate the Israeli government to to find out what they were all about, what they were doing. We Germans don't even, we don't have a clue. We wanted to find out what this whole Israel-Palestine thing is all about. They don't like each other. They's, they're uh, uh, fighting and feuding over land. We don't know what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting, interesting. What are you in for, my friend? I evaded taxes. Oh no, yeah. that's no good. Yeah, yeah. Israel's very strict about taxes. Oh, I should probably. You tell should you. tell me more about Israel. I'm yeah. trying to learn. What is your name? <laughs> My name is uh, Franz. I, I'm I'm Judea. Oh, I'm trying to learn Israeli names. I'll just put that away so I can <laughs> know it. Yeah. Hey, uh Look, the first thing you need to know about, about Israel about Israel is that. Uh, People here, they just, they just love sex. Oh, really? Yeah, we Germans love, love it too. Yeah. We make a lot of weird pornography. Yeah, the <laughs> Israelis love pornography. Oh, uh, you, I wouldn't think that because it's um, a Muslim country, right? Well, there's lots of different religions, but they all, they all love sex. That's the one thing that unites us as humans. That's the one thing. <laughs> once a year, all the different ethnicities here stop war to just have sex. Wow. Yeah. Tell me more about this custom. Yeah, it's it's called the Day of the Shabbat Sex. Wow. Yeah. Uh, everyone stops. They all come to the center of Jerusalem. And everyone just turns off all the electricity and everything. And just come to the middle and they just engage in an orgy. Let me t- let me ask you something, my friend. When are you getting out of this prison? Oh, you know, I got I got twenty. Oh, well, I'm getting out of here in three days. Can you tell me how? Where? When is the next one of these sex orgies happening in Israel? Well, you're in luck. Oh. It's this Saturday. Oh my gosh! Cut to Shlomo at the Saturday orgy. Walk, 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 walk. Oh my gosh, I hear something. I think I'm walking in the right direction. Walk, 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 walk. Oh, it's getting louder. Oh, let me walk in this direction, see what what the volume, what changes with the volume. Walk, 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 walk. Oh, I'm not walking in the right direction anymore. Well, I'll go the other direction. Walk, 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 walk. Oh, here we go, here we go. Miss, miss, are you, are you open to me joining the sex you're having? 
Josh back again in the future well at it recording at a different time just want to wrap up the show and say thanks so much for listening and uh, yeah that was an interview wasn't that great uh, that little bit of improv at the end um, <laughs> that was completely spontaneous and improvised and um, I they said it was bad but I thought it was really great I because I sort of I didn't jump in myself first I guess I th- saw myself more as the interviewer and that they were going to perform for me so I was like an audience member for them um, so I just got to sit back and just enjoy the two of them and and I thought it was really fun sometimes you have like an improv um, it can devolve into sort of just funny sex noises things like that but uh, and I know that's not everybody's cup of tea but so sometimes that can be super hilarious too and it, and it was for me um, I was laughing my butt off I think you hear me I think I spoiled the improv a little bit too it doesn't work as well on a podcast when you don't know who's laughing but the laughter you heard was mine anyways wow okay yeah wrapping it up <laughs> long outro I guess that's what this is um Thanks uh, once again for listening, and we'll see you around at, you know, probably Ratfish on Mondays and Thursdays, and Hecklers on uh, Fridays and Saturdays at um, the Ramada in Victoria, British Columbia on Gorge Street, along with all the other, so many other fantastic shows here in Victoria. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, bye for now. Theme song. <laughs>